Welcome to the Scottish Fisheries Museum podcast series, Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. In this series, we take a look back through lockdown so far and share the experiences of people and organisations linked to the marine environments and maritime industries in Scotland. I'm Andrea, and in this episode, we speak to Gerard MacDonald from Isle of Barra Oysters, Peter Bruce, the skipper of Buddingrose PD418, and Kirk Doig from Charisma Seafood. We talk about life as the lockdown hit and the immediate effects of the pandemic on the sourcing and selling of fresh seafood. We look at the different ways our guests have found their way through lockdown as well as the fishing industry as a whole. It is easy to see things as all doom and gloom so we will end this episode trying to look forward positively at hopes for the future. So now I'll let our guests introduce themselves. Hello. My name's uh, Peter Bruce. I'm skipper of the Peterhead fishing boat Budding Rose. I live in Peterhead. Uh, we, we, we fish white fish. Uh, we pair with the Peterhead fishing boat uh, Lapwing. We fish for cod, haddock, whiting, sedge, monkfish, eek, just all the white fish. We work about trips about five to seven days and uh, we'll land back into Peterhead fish market. My name is uh... Gerard MacDonald. I'm a shareholder and a director in Isle of Barra Oysters, but mostly I just manage the farm. Uh, on no, times when there's not spring tides, we tend to work out in our long lines and on our rafts, uh, and we clean the we keep the trays trays of oysters suspended in the in the water column, and we we clean those trays and grade those oysters. But then when we've got spring tides, we can get to the stock on the shore and we we'll go down and. We basically do the same thing. We turn oyster bags and grade oysters, and but it's just instead of doing it in boats, we do it in the shore. Hi, my name's Kirk Doig, and I'm a fisherman from Anstruther. Brought up in Anstruther, fished the Charisma for six years now, and I've been at the fishing for 11 years. Previous to the fishing, I was a fabricator, welder, but fishing's been something I've always been interested in. So. Marine Scotland research led to the Ecoskin report, which was completed in January 2020, but the publication was delayed because of COVID-19. It concluded that aquaculture is vital for coastal communities, even before lockdown. In response to the report, Rural Economy Secretary Fergus Ewing said, this report highlights once again just how significant aquaculture is to Scotland's rural economy and the viability of our island and coastal communities. So the effects of the pandemic on aquaculture is not just bad for the industry, it affects the coastal communities as well, which also took a hit from loss of tourism and other vital income. 80% of the catch in Scotland is normally exported and of the other 20%, a large sum of this goes to restaurants and other businesses that cease trading in lockdown. Fish Focus reported in May that the catching sector was under pressure. According to the National Federation of Fishermen's Organisations, the situation had led some fishermen to voluntarily tie up their vessels to avoid landing catches that could crash prices further. To keep fishing, there was only about 20% of the, the fish processing industry working at that time. Most of them that did had to put their uh, staff on the furlong, and uh, so we decided to tie up the boat for three weeks. Some of the boats 
the newer boats uh, kept fishing out at Rock Hall. So there was, there was still fish coming in. And because there wasn't a lot of fish coming in, maybe two, three thousand a day, even yeah, about half, of, yeah, about, well, about a third of what would usually come in, the prices went up a bit. So after three weeks after being tied up, we decided to go away and uh, we fished a couple of trips and the prices were really, really poor. I mean, not so bad as they were after the lockdown, but still, I mean, we were averaging about maybe oh, £50 a box compared to about 80 90 this time last year. So it's clear to see that the fishing industry has taken a massive hit. And Peter told me about the first time he landed fish just as the lockdown hit. I mean, uh, the lockdown um, came in and we landed on our catch on Peterhead mar- Fish Market about two days after the lockdown started and the prices were just disastrous. I mean, everybody had gotten a big fright with with uh, what was happening. Buyers weren't buying and our fish was just... I mean, I think I think we averaged about... Uh, I think it was about £30 a box that trip. Now, for instance, the, the same time last year, we were averaging about £80-£90 a box. So, I mean... Within a couple of days, the prices had uh, taken a 60% uh, nosedive, which was just a disaster, you know. Kirk owns the boat Charisma that sails out of Pitt and Weem. Basically, the, as soon as the COVID came about, factories and everyone told us that that was it, they weren't taking any more stuff, and uh, obviously the social distancing was in, mes- in the place, and basically we couldn't fling the ropes off to go to the sea with, with crew because in case of contaminating each other. Fishing News reported at the beginning of lockdown that shellfish is particularly hard hit, with France, Italy and Spain major outlets for shellfish effectively closed, and the closure of restaurants and hotels also strongly reducing demand. There's no, as you know, there's no restaurants, no restaurant trade, no hotel trade, and uh, there's a lot of the process are still not uh, working, so... Business owners, as well as vessel owners, have some different struggles and Gerard spoke to me about the struggles the Isle of Barra oysters face. So how has uh, COVID-19 and the lockdown that has been part of that affected your business? Uh, Hugely. Um, The markets have completely disappeared. I think that's quite common right across the industry. Uh, um, But the markets have completely disappeared. They disappeared with the restaurants and the hotels, which were the main route to market for us. And that's very, very slowly coming back, but we're not really seeing enough of it. Um, so what did it mean for us? Well, initially we furloughed everybody, but the problem with everybody being furloughed uh, was that the seaweed doesn't know that and the oysters don't know it and uh, all the wee things that foul up our equipment doesn't know it. So um, we really couldn't afford not to do anything. Uh, well, we're, we're definitely running with less people, um, but then you don't get as much done. And, um, well, there's not really a, an adaptation you can make to having absolutely no market. And uh, and we're so far away from the market uh, on Barra. I mean, we can try and do, can have a bit more sales locally, but the reality is that there really aren't enough people to make a difference to the business. Of course, there has been some help offered through Scottish Government support for businesses, as well as grants totalling £22.5 million that are said to have benefited over 220 vessels over 12 metres. 
Our guests told us about what financial support they have received at the time I interviewed them in June and July 2020. One of the government grants that was available, we managed to access that and that's allowed us to take two members of staff back on and they've kind of fought their way through maintaining the stock for us. Um, and I kind of used some time to do some repairs to stuff that I would never have got around to do. So there's, a, there's some ups and downs uh, from this. I mean, the big, big down is the loss of the market and we haven't got income. Uh, the government assistance has been good in that it's minimised, or was allow us to minimise our costs. No, our our sector of the fleet, which is the set, whitefish sector, have have got no help. I mean, the prawn feet fleet, which have really, really suffered even worse than the whitefish fleet and the creoles guys, they have got financial help from the government. But the, the whitefish guys, uh, like my class of boat, which is about 80 foot, we have had uh, no help from the government. Um, no, no financial support as of yet. Um... There was word of getting uh, financial su- support, but I've never, never heard anything about it. So, but apart from that, um, we've been managing to survive and keep the food on the table, which is good. So, it looks like, from the public perspective, that there's actually an increased interest in seafood from Scotland, in Scotland, and this is great. And it's in part to do with the lack of imported seafood but also largely to do with more support for local businesses and people cooking more and trying more new things during lockdown. A lot more people just, I think, have had a lot of time on their hands, so they're willing to experiment, um, trying different things, uh, cooking and whatever else. Donna Fordyce, Interim Head of Seafood Scotland, told Fish Focus the Scottish consumer now has fast, fresh and widespread access to Scottish seafood. And it's at times like these when they're really showing their loyalty to homegrown businesses. While this trade is not going to replace the business done in international markets, many companies are doing less than 25% of their usual business at the moment. It's a start. And the industry is hugely appreciative of the sport Scottish consumers are showing them. And we'll hear more from what Seafood Scotland has been doing during lockdown in a future episode of the podcast. So look out for that. Inspired by the increased interest in local seafood, Kirk set up his own business, Charisma Seafood, named after his ship of the same name. Well, me being able to take the boat myself, I was able to adapt and go and fish and shelter the public who were eating um, some fresh seafood who weren't able to go to the shop. So it was uh, really satisfying being able to uh, go and supply all the local people with some fresh stuff direct off the boat, which uh, they don't usually, um, they can't usually do that. So, no, it was good, I enjoyed it. We'll speak to that's passed before I ask the next question. <laughs> so can you tell me a bit about how you set up the business and how it runs? Uh, basically, I just started off a few local deliveries, uh, friends and family, and then expanded from there. And I thought we would use Facebook and advertise it on Facebook and then there was more people interested and it's just kind of built from then it's been uh, so been advertising uh, delivery direct off the boat um, to all the areas of Fife and Edinburgh and Tayside so I've got uh, my auntie she's been helping it with 
taking orders and my partner she's been helping it as well all the kids have been chipping and helping um, my uncle he's been doing all the deliveries so it's been great it's been great um, because I mean they're all out of job at the minute and uh, it's good to get everybody involved Gerard and Kirk let me know more about the support and changes within their communities. The community have de definitely been very, very supportive, which is very good. Um, and obviously they want to see the fishermen continue, because it's a dying breed at the minute. There's not a lot of young interest in the fishing, so it's good to see a lot of support for the locals. There was definitely a feeling of isolation. Um, and... Um, and, and, and I think probably there was a, a bit of an increase in in the community feeling. But the way that we generally here express our community feeling is to, to go and have big gatherings. <laughs> and so there's, there's things that events that we would normally have had within the community that didn't happen. And so there's been no kind of kellying and there's been no... Um, we, by now, this time of year, we would, for instance, have had our fishermen's mass. That would have been probably last weekend. Uh, and at that, all the fishermen with all their boats come round to Castle Bay uh, and they have a big, almost like a regatta. Um, and there's a, a, a blessing of the boats and mass on the pier and everybody comes along and they get the cooking seafood on the pier and there's all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, and then they have a, a bit of a parade around the bay and the best dressed boat wins and all this kind of thing. So it's a big, big day and it just hasn't happened. Um, and then the community fishing competition is going to be done virtually, which is kind of a roaring line kind of thing that we do every year. Um, and, and that's going to take place next month, which is, again, much delayed. But it will it'll happen, but it'll be virtually, which is going to be interesting too. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a bit different, the, the whole general thing, but lots of people coming together to help each other. On the whole, the fishing industry, as I said at the beginning of the episode, was hit hard by the pandemic and the lockdown. But it has been positive to see slight improvements from when restrictions started to lift and even before then, the new innovation and new passion ignited for local produce. It's been great to see. Let's hear what our guests had to say on this topic. The very encouraging thing for me, and I don't know if you noticed, there's been a lot of people up our way in all over Scotland eating fresh fish. There's a lot of the boats have been, like the prawn guys, have been, they've lost their markets, so they've been selling their prawns locally. Yeah. And they, so, so, I mean, that's been a good thing in, uh, in some ways. So I, I'm encouraged with the amount of people that's been eating uh, fresh fish, and we can hope that uh, continues. I, I think the outlook would be good for the, for the fishing industry. Um, as long as we act in a responsible, sustainable manner, I think there's a good future for the fishing industry in the long term. I think maybe, like all businesses, the next few years is going to be or the next year or so is going to be a bit of struggle with the pandemic, but uh, I see a good future for the fishing industry. I think, particularly with langoustines, but probably with other shellfish, they, they've become a bit more available in Scotland because, again, these markets went. And what I get back from social media is that quite a lot of people have kind of discovered them. So hopefully what we'll see is, is more of our shellfish being eaten here. Um, that would be quite nice because, I mean, it's not a difficult thing in Barra. We, we get lots of langoustines if we want them, 
uh, and we do, <laughs> but but when you, you don't have to go far away to find people who've never tasted them. This will also not be forever. The catching sector are passionate about what they do and have grit and determination gained from years of hard work. Yes, I just think it's amazing some of the measures, some of the fish shops have put, put in place. I'm very appreciative of the fish processors that have kept working and the net factories and the box companies because without them, we wouldn't be able to fish. You know, so, I mean, these these people uh, who have kept working through this pandemic and uh, service the fishing industry, like what engineers and painters and that, deserve a lot of credit because it's not easy for them because I know some of their staff has been off and furlonged and and it, it's it's amazing how they have uh, pulled together to help uh, the boats lander, uh, keep fishing and uh, get fish on the table. Gerard and Kirk turned their minds to the future. It would be nice not to get caught out by another uh, pandemic. Um, I don't know that there's much the industry, and I mean the broader fishing industry, could have done to foresee it or to mitigate against it. I think there will be some nice, I think there'll be some good developments that come out of it, you know, that, that kind of silver lining to the crowd. Which would be, you know, the, the, the development of the open market, the, the, the sorry, development of the home market, but also I think probably a bit more stuff going to, to the Far East, and um, and that will help us in general in the future. I mean, I think I think that will improve things in the future, but we've got to go over the big hump at the beginning, which is which is going to be the next. I mean, this isn't over, and and, and so we've got. I suspect we'll be feeling this in a year's time at least. And we don't know what's going to happen economically, you know, in the, in the broader way. So, so we've got to go over that bit first. That'd be difficult. At the same time, I think the government did well by us. Um, I think it's a wee bit worrying for the overseas markets, for the bulk fishing from the bigger like boats who are working five and six days at a time, as opposed to us little boats who are landing every day, fresh stuff. I mean, uh, you can't get any better than that, really. So I'm hoping there's a future for us in selling stuff locally and um, maybe expanding a little bit eh, and doing some restaurants and stuff like that maybe once things open up. Hoping to expand and uh, build a wee future for my, my family. Um, I think I'll just keep uh, selling stuff locally and looking to expand a bit further afield um, and also putting stuff on the market as well just to support the FMA because it's been... Uh, it's been our bread and butter for a lot of years, so we can't uh, we can't just leave them out. So we we'll have to we we'll have to try to support everybody at this time. Thank you to Gerard, Peter, and Kirk who took time out during very uncertain times to chat to me for this podcast. You may hear from them again in future episodes. Let us know your thoughts on the topics discussed in today's podcast on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by looking for at Scottfish Museum. Join us in two weeks for the next episode of Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. Thanks for listening.